Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stimmy and Andy Blaker. How's it going, Andy? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing fairly well. Um, we are on episode 19 of season six of Cheers. This one is Airport 5, which I think is sort of the, um, you know, the Cheers sequel to the old airport disaster flicks. Yes, yes. This is written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs and directed by George Went, our very own Norm. And Norm! Aired, yeah. <laughs> it aired on February 25th, 1988. So the logline is that Eddie Lebec, Carla's husband, has a new job as a penguin with the ice show and wants Carla to visit him on the road. Carla is reluctant to make the trip to Seattle, not because she's embarrassed that Eddie is dressed up as a penguin, but because she's afraid to fly. To overcome her fear, she participates in Fraser's seminar on fear of flying, basically, which culminates in a real flight. And the seminar works for her to cure her fear of flying so that she can go to visit Eddie, but it creates an almost psychotic fear of flying response in Fraser. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the bar, Rebecca wants a good review for Cheers from a prominent restaurant critic, but she fears that the critic wants her to compromise her morals, a point that gives Sam ample opportunity to tease her. So we start, though, with a teaser that is essentially the Cheers version of the old telephone game that kids play. And this one has Cliff and Norm looking at the weekly gabber. And Cliff reads the headline, Suicidal Twin Kills Brother by Mistake. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just an enjoyable, darkly comic headline anyway. Mm-hmm. And Fraser scoffs. You know, like we've talked in the past about the things that they do that are not cultural enough for him that he scoffs at. Like the, the book that Cliff was delivering and he's... Like, oh, it's another, you know, piece of trash or whatever he said, and he gets involved in it. So this is just yeah. another instance of him scoffing at their at their literary preferences, basically. And Cliff suggests that Fraser does not know much about the free press here in America. He says you can't print it unless it's the truth. Cliff says that stories might be exaggerated, but each has a kernel of truth at its core. And he demonstrates this by telling a man passing by that he just, he Cliff, just won five bucks in the lottery. Cliff says that he expects the truth to return distorted back to him, that maybe he's won 500 or 5,000 or even $5 million, but he says the message is going to be the same in its essence. So the message essentially will be true. So as he's explaining all of this, the message, you can see it kind of passing around the bar, like each person turning to the other and passing this along. So they're doing this. And then Pete, who's kind of like across the bar from Norm, says, hey, Norm, get this. Some geek brain's all jazzed because he just won five bucks. <laughs> and Fraser says, touche. And Cliff is kind of annoyed, even though he did make his point. His point was made at his expense, no, yeah. No. I thought this was a pretty solid teaser. You know, nothing mm-hmm. too, you know, it's basic, but it works. It does. It's a little story in itself for Cliff, but it's it suits him. I think it works, too. So we start the episode with Rebecca announcing that one of the most influential restaurant reviewers in the city is uh, reviewing bars in Boston, and she wants everyone to be on his best behavior. So Sam asks, immediately asks, if this means they're going to have to cancel the midget tossing contest. (laughs) (laughs) So he is already not on his best behavior, already (laughs) teasing her, causing problems, and amusing everyone else as well. So it's not looking like it's going to be a a professional situation. (laughs) And Sam says he'll do great unless the reviewer is that SOB Murray Treadwell. And Rebecca says something like, it's like, well, I'm not saying that it is, but what if it is, you know? Um, right. And Sam says the guy's a hater. And then Norm 
chimes in that Marie Treadwell gave Cheers a really bad review a few years ago. And Norm says it was so bad that he almost stopped coming. Which is <laughs> hilarious. Must have been terrible. Yeah, like, what is this place? I'm not going there anymore. So the criticisms, she asked what the criticisms were. The criticisms were oafish clientele and a dumb lug of a bartender. So Rebecca is like, she's just, just kind of having a knee-jerk response. of like a lot has changed under new management. Sam challenges this, and she kind of looks around her at this point. She sees Norman Cliff and Sam, and she says, we have ferns. <laughs> and Sam says that the reviewer said that the, nice, the nicest thing that he said was that the saving grace was the refreshing lack of ferns. And Rebecca walks off. She says that things are going to go fine as long as Carla is locked in the, is it the storage cellar or the closet? Or yeah, something? like a storage closet of some sort, yeah. yeah. That Carla's locked away, basically. But then she kind of quietly tells Woody to 86 the ferns. Right after that, Carla comes into work, and Woody tells her that Eddie has called to say that he got a job as a penguin. And Carla thinks, because Eddie's a hockey player, so Carla reasonably thinks that Eddie is with the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey establishment. And she's going on, you know, about how the penguin uniforms are by far the coolest in the league. And then Eddie comes in dressed as an actual penguin. And there's, there's something about him that it just, it works kind of that he's dressed up as a penguin. I yeah. mean, he just looks like he, <laughs> like he could be Looks a like he could be one, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So Woody, Woody's taking down a fern. So going back to the previous story, he's doing what Rebecca asked. And he asks if their home uniforms are that neat looking too. So Eddie's explaining that he got a job with a wonderful world of ice. So Cliff and Norm then start making penguin jokes, very much to be expected. Mm-hmm. And Carla defends Eddie, but she's clearly a little embarrassed. And then Eddie says he has to fly to Seattle the next day. And Woody says, Woody, who has just made the comment about the home uniforms being that cool looking, says, you can't fly in that thing, can you? <laughs> And Eddie and Carla kind of, they don't exactly roll their eyes, but they just give him a look. And Eddie says, no, Woody, I'm going on an airplane. It's like a little bit of like a get real tone to his voice. Uh And Woody replies like, I know you're not going to fly in that thing, are you? (laughs) Woody, I like it. He set himself up using his absent-minded image as this setup for his own joke, which I thought was great. Very perceptive. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Eddie suggests Carla might want to fly to Seattle to see him. He says he's going to miss her. And she says that he's the best husband she ever had. So we have, you know, Nick, whom we've seen, and then now Eddie. So <laughs> wherever that bar might be for her. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> so as he leaves, she says, see a penguin? And kind of, I think she kisses him on the beak or something, you know, affectionate. And Woody wonders where couples get those cute little names for each other. And at that point, I don't know if Woody is back to his real absent-minded self or if he's just like, is this a play act? You know, that's the one thing about Woody (laughs) is that sometimes you don't quite know. Right, right. Yeah. Carla in the next scene is on the phone with Eddie. She's telling him she can't come to see him. And Cliff mentions that Carla continues to put off Eddie's daily request for her to fly out to visit him. (laughs) He asks, what gives, little lady? (laughs) As though there was some sort of like Western or something. Uh Uh-huh, right. Oh, man. And did you... uh, let me just say here, yeah. too, this was something I noticed in the episode. I mean, 
So there, she's in Boston. He's in Seattle, literally across the country. Mm. And she does have two new little babies, as well as a whole gaggle of what eight kids, um, six other kids at home. Yeah. So it's to me completely believable that she wouldn't want to and or be able to fly across the country to see him. I mean, I mm. kind of, and everyone's like giving her a hard time on that. I'm like, well. Her points were valid. What is she supposed right. to do? Take all the kids on an airplane? That sounds like the flight from hell. I mean, what right. are you supposed to do? You know, and the money and everything. She's a waitress, you know. So that was one thing I thought was, I mean, obviously it was setting it up to be the big reveal of why she won't go out there. But I thought if it were me, I'm like, well, those are perfectly valid reasons right. why not to fly across the country, you know. to I mean, how could you? But Yeah, I think the kids worth. one being the most valid because yeah. there's not a lot to be done about that. You know? I mean, you're just supposed to take them all on there and... Or leave them with somebody just just cause and go. I mean, it yeah, makes sense, but. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think later Cliff says something about how like infants fly for free, but that is like a long <laughs> cross country flight. She's got to take care of them when she gets there, you know. Right. Well, yeah. She she gives all these protests or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'll loan you money. It's like, is it worth it? I mean, you know, he'll yeah. be all right. He's a big boy out there. He'll come home eventually. But I don't know. It just seemed logistically that it there would be no way for it to work, even if she were like willing to just fly out there on the drop. Right. It's not, it's not obvious that that would be the thing for her to do. Yeah. Basically. But Carla, so when Cliff says what gives little lady, Carla tells him to drop it. And she's like, I'll set your face on fire and beat out the flames with your butt. (laughs) There's just, there is something really funny about the specificity of that image and the way she delivers that line, I think. And I love Cliff's response to it too. Norm asks Mm -hmm. him, is that clear enough for you? And he's like, yeah, but now I got some other questions. <laughs> he raises a series of other questions. <laughs> he kind of glances behind him back at his butt or whatever. And it's like, yeah, and he just has that like sort of look of puzzlement on his face. <laughs> that was good. That was a great follow-up, I think. Yeah. So Norm sees at this point that the restaurant critic is coming in a cheer as he recognizes him. And I think it's interesting that Rebecca asks Sam how she looks. Like she's nervous and she runs over. She asks Sam how she looks. <laughs> And she says she better see what this critic wants. And Sam tells her, like, oh, it's like, well, just relax. Carla's got it. <laughs> and then we we have what is my favorite and I think the best part in the episode. Oh, yeah. She turns, Rebecca turns, and leaps over the bar, like does that one hand on the bar, leaps over the bar, and slides, like lands on the floor, slides into the seat of the table <laughs> with the critic. Just as Carla is arriving, like taking her notepad out to write something down. <laughs> And both the guy, the critic, and Sam behind the bar kind of like raise their eyebrows. <laughs> That's the yeah, whole reaction. Yeah. That was a fine moment, I thought. It was a very fine moment. I do want to ask you, though, do you think that was her or was that a stunt double? I have seen, and I don't remember where, I've seen some footage of them filming this. And Kirstie Alley is like crouched on the bar and they're directing her. But I assume that it was put like composited from a well, stunt I, double I, I, and her. Somehow. I replayed it a couple times, and and it is a separate shot, the actual leap over the counter. Mm-hmm. But then once she's on, like, off the counter and slides into the chair, it's so obviously Kirstie Alley. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if, yeah, I you know, know, I don't I don't want to spoil the illusion of anything, because, it's, again, it's a great moment regardless. But I just right. found myself wondering if that was, and if it had been, in fact, completely her, it would have just made it all the more. All the better, <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't... I don't know. I'm going to doubt that she could 
do that. I don't want to cast aspersions on her athletic, but but she clears it by a large height very easily, like beyond what Woody was able to do when he was fresh and new. (laughs) So I'm going to suggest that that was like a natural ability that Kirstie Alley had, but that she's at least doing the second part of it, like you said. Oh, yeah. I think uh, definitely, yeah. But yeah, yeah so that was a great moment. I love just, you know, the desperation to get there first. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's desperate. And then there's like this dramatic leap. And then, but even like the landing on the floor and the sliding in the chair, there's almost something like laid back about it. Like, uh huh. Not desperate at that point. Just like that that was normal. No, you know, that was just, just part of what her you do. Whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that, that okay. I liked as well. You know, she's like, oh, here I am. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, Carla under responds as well. Because I think Rebecca is like, you don't mind, do you? And she's like, no, there's a table of six up there when you're finished mm-hmm. here, you know. Rebecca recognizes the critic as Murray Treadwell. And then he says that she must be one of the flying Wallendas. <laughs> that was great, too. That was a good first line for him. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who the flying Wallendas were? I didn't. It's a, I, I didn't get that reference. It's a big... I remember getting the reference, but I think that it was more recent in time when the episode came on because the mm. Wallendas were this like famous high wire like circus act but like a high wire especially act that would perform without a net like that was their big thing for the most part and i looked this up a little bit as well but what i remember was that like they didn't have safety gear they didn't do a net i mean several of the family members over the years i think died (laughs) some of these stunts that they would do but they just kept on going so it was a family like a patriarch and then other people in the family that would be part of this act I remember, I grew up in Georgia, and I remember there's a big Tallulah Gorge. It's like a big open I mean, gorge, you know, in Georgia. And that was one of the famous things that one of them had done was, like, cross that on a wire. And oh, they had an act where they would do, like, a five- or seven-person pyramid where you'd have, like, four of them and then two and then one, but they would all be, like, on walking on a high wire stacked oh. like that. Holding really? each other up, like on a board. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was intense. That just makes me nervous hearing about it. It I does. It's like my palms are starting to sweat. You know, you look at the pictures and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. But there was that, and they would do that in circuses as well, as as well as, like, you know, going across from building to building in New York City or something like that. So that oh, was wow. their big thing, the Florida yeah. Lindas. Gosh. Yeah. Hmm. So interesting history, and it's a, it's a good joke. That's right. So Murray Treadwell orders a vodka martini. Rebecca's is going to get him a drink and then she you know, remembers that he might want something specific. So she's still, she's nervous. So she goes over. <laughs> I have to say, I just think this is fun and fun. Sam teases her. She's like, oh no, that's the one drink I don't know how to make. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just shoots him daggers. Daggers, that look. And he's just yeah. like, eh, you know, whatever, I got it. <laughs> so he tells her not to forget the napkin that they lost big points on that last time. I have to say, I really like them working as a team. Even though he is, like, messing with her, I still think it's fun. And this is mm-hmm. something I'll probably mention over and over again throughout the next few years. It's just, like, there's something about that camaraderie when they're working on a common project like that that I think is, mm-hmm. is interesting and fun. It's a good dynamic. So anyway, Rebecca tells Mr. Treadwell to notice the cocktail napkin. And she said, there are plenty more where that one came from. I <laughs> 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 like that. We have a lot of napkins here at Tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just there's something that's very entertaining about her behavior in this story, I think. 
even though it's a small story, I just think she's she's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, she's she's very much kind of torn between that whole. We've seen this in other episodes, right? She's very much like you know trying to climb or or return to climbing the corporate ladder, you know, and mm-hmm. and so she's she knows kind of what her job is to a point, right? To try to impress certain people and and make it look good and everything, and she feels the pressure right. to do that, I think. But she also kind of has that side of her that's kind of. I don't know what the word would be, but very desperate to please mm-hmm. to the point where she comes off obviously a little too strong and, and goofy mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just think she does such a good job of balancing that. She does. And then there's also that side too that's kind of like, this is all ridiculous. Like what a ridiculous thing to worry about. But then it's, that's never the strongest side, but there's always a hint of that there, I think. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Treadwell seems taken with Rebecca, probably from that initial flying leap across the bar. <sighs> Who wouldn't be? Right. <laughs> I know. He wants to take her to dinner and basically suggests that she can buy a good review by spending time with him. I think he says that the more spa- mm. the more time they spend together, the happier he thinks she will be with his review. Yeah. Which doesn't sound very savory. So Rebecca says she's going to check her schedule and she marches around the bar. Like she just speed walks around the bar to talk to Sam <laughs> and tells him that Mr. Treadwell expects something for a good review. <laughs> Seems I'll get the petty cash. <laughs> and he's he just like chewing on some kind of nuts or something. Uh-huh. Chewing on something and I'll get the petty cash. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Great. That got a great reaction. Mm-hmm. That was really funny. <laughs> and I like that he's just kind of laid back and practical while she's mm-hmm. upset and flustered. You know, <laughs> like I oh, will just bribe him. I'll get the petty cash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then they have this back and forth about or him wanting her to compromise herself. Which it's like, she says, like, why am I even telling you this? Or, like, why am I talking to you? But she is. Like, she keeps going back to Sam for moral mm-hmm. advice. Not necessarily moral advice, but telling him, I think he wants me to compromise myself. Like, Sam is going to really be like, oh, no, that's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> Clutch my pearls. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he says something like, honey, we all do. You know, but she continues to go back for affirmation to him in this, which I do think right. is interesting. But it just makes a fun back and forth, too. Mm-hmm. So... He tells her if she does do something to compromise herself and she wakes up the next morning and regrets it, he'd love to take her out that night. Since I think she hits him. Mm-hmm. Goes back over to the table with, with Murray. And here we have another very fun. Yes, we have Norm's, uh, Norm's <laughs> confronting him about his uh, not-so-pleasant review of The Hungry Heifer, basically, mm-hmm. and kind yep. of taking him to task for that. And he says something like... Uh, the the reviewer just kind of says, you know, yeah, stand by it or whatever. And Norm says something like, you know, if you find a, if you find a place where you can get a twenty pound steak for one ninety nine, you call me or <laughs> like, something. No, well, Norm is saying he's got his beer. He's clearly confronting him. He says he, it's like I stand by my review that it was a tr- like it's a trough. It's a trough. Yes, that's right. And yeah, like a better. It was like a twenty five ounce steak for a buck ninety nine, pal. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, I love that they put that in there. That was mm-hmm. great. And the fact that Norm is confronting the, somebody that he's made out at the beginning to be this like a feat, you know, critic that's going to have these like high end opinions of places in Boston. And here Norm is like, I mean, you wouldn't even believe that he'd review The Hungry Heifer. So no, no. <laughs> the fact that Norm has like read this review. It's just, I don't, it's just all kinds of funny. I love that he calls it a trough too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And now that we've seen the hungry heifer in Cheers the yeah. Motion Picture, 
and just mm-hmm. the volume of food that's delivered on the car, like all of the things yeah. about it. It's like, do you, do you, would you put this person, like how would you not call it a trough if you were that person? But Norm is right. offended. <laughs> so Rebecca says she'd love to have dinner with Murray Treadwell, but she's essentially reluctant. But she is available. So he, uh, he leaves. She's kind of a little bit disgusted, but she's going to have dinner with him. Yeah, he says something like, you can call me Murray. Murray. Yeah. Murray. And she turns right. around and like just has this totally disgusted face. Yeah. So next, Sam is talking to Eddie on the phone. He's making more penguin jokes, making fun of him. And Sam tells Carla Eddie called him because Eddie is upset Carla won't go see him. So this is the part you're talking about when Carla says she can't afford to go. And then Sam yeah. volunteers to loan her the money. Which I thought was interesting given that Sam came back to the bar at the start of the season with no money. True. But that kind of furthers my theory that Sam's good with money. He's like saved enough to be able to loan Carla, mm-hmm. you know, flight money to go to Seattle. Right. So I thought that was good character consistency. And then Carla protests that she can't can't get time off from work. And Rebecca says that, you know, if it's the sake of her marriage, they can work something out. Which sounds very thoughtful. And then she suggests that if Carla wants to take a leave of absence for say a year, that that's yeah. fine. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah, right. Carla is shooting down these suggestions left and right. And she, there's the one with the babies. She has all these kids. And she, you know, Cliff says they, the tykes would fly for free. And she's having none of it. So Sam tells Carla Eddie thinks Carla's ashamed of him. This still does not inspire her to go. So then enter Woody, who asks if she's afraid to fly. And this is another instance of Woody having, like, the correct guess about what's going on with somebody. Right. So Carla laughs maniacally. Keeps laughing and laughing, goes to the back. She acts like this is ridiculous. So it's obviously true. Yeah. And then she finally admits that she's not afraid to fly, but she's afraid to crash. And she talks about the story of her honeymoon flight with Nick to New York and flight hit turbulence. (laughs) And she and Nick were thrown all around that bathroom. (laughs) And then Sam volunteers. He flew all the time when he was playing ball. He doesn't remember anything happening. And Carla reminds him that he was always drunk. And he says something like, you're damn right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He kind of takes a sip of his coffee or whatever. Damn right yeah. I was. Yeah. yeah. So Frazier comes in. I, this is, I think this is very fun. This is a good comic, character comedy bit. Sam basically is enlisting him to help Carla. And Carla is resisting. And she says something about like, I don't remember what she says about Frazier, but she's just not interested at all. And like right in front of Frazier, Sam's like, he's the only shrink we know. Frazier says something like, oh, stop, Sam, I'm blushing. Yeah. Something (laughs) like that. Yeah. Frazier says he's wanted to conduct a workshop for people who are afraid to fly. And he says he could scare up a few people like her. And then he adds, no pun intended. And then, this is the best, nor noticed, I'm sure. (laughs) Did you get like pick up on that, that little side? With the, I'm sorry. With the pun. When he says he's going to scare up a few people like her, and yes. then he says, no pun intended, and then kind of to the side, he's like, nor noticed, I'm sure. <laughs> like making fun of her intelligence, basically, not noticing a pun with the scare. Okay, I didn't pick up on that the first time. Oh, it's I was hilarious. Didn't. I, I, I knew he said one. something, but I did not. Was I, I wasn't clearly intelligent enough to pick up on the pun either. So, you know. <laughs> he kind of mutters it, but it was just yeah. such a good Frasier comment. <laughs> so Carla says she doesn't want electrodes strapped to her head. And Fraser says that's not a part of therapy. And then Carla asks, what about Diane? So it's I like, love this It's going to be good, yeah. And Fraser says he never treated Diane with any type of shock therapy. And then he adds in Sam's direction, of course, no, I wish I had. <laughs> and he and Sam just have this little bonding moment yeah. of, you know, remembering her, basically. And like, huh, you know. Chuckling about it, yeah. 
So Frasier proposes desensitization training with an actual flight at the end. And then we have we have a scene where we actually see Eddie. He calls again. He's in a penguin outfit. And a fight is breaking out among the iShow animal characters in the background while he's talking to Carla, who's saying that she is going to come and fly out to see him. He's just so happy. Mm-hmm. But somebody at this point that was dressed in some kind of like puffy white, like almost looked like a sheep. I wasn't sure what that person was supposed to be. So like comes up and punches him. So now he is like beating <laughs> this ice show character in the back. So that's his, I guess his hockey life continuing on in the ice show. Right. All of this was the setup and now we're on the airplane. I have mm-hmm. some thoughts about how this goes. I'm curious to know what okay. you think as well. Okay. Frazier, just the entire part, because Frazier's addressing the therapy group and all of them seem very nervous. He's teaching them to focus on their happy places. Carla is wearing an enormous number of like religious necklaces. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Iconography. Yeah. <laughs> so they go through a lot of this and then Frazier takes his seat for takeoff. And there's just a lot of banter about happy places and all these other things. But in my opinion, and I would say this about the entire flight scene, it's like we don't know these people other than Frazier and Carla. And while I think there's some interesting moments with their, because they're kind of friends, like in an interesting way, but mm-hmm. I don't know that this entire scene works outside of the bar as well as some other ones that we've recently discussed. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would agree too. I'm interested to hear kind of why you, you think that. I mean, mm. and I'm sure I agree. It didn't really, it was kind of jarring, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole airplane thing. And one thing I wanted to point out for what this is worth, this whole Everything in the plane reminded me of, I'm fairly certain it's the pilot episode, the very first episode of the Bob Newhart show. Oh, really? They do this same thing. Hmm. Uh, He plays a a psychologist in Mm -hmm. that show, and he takes uh, a workshop of his patients, and he has a lot more. He has a whole gaggle of them onto a plane, and his wife in the show is also afraid to fly. And so I think he gets her on the plane too. And so this whole scene really reminded me a lot of that. Again, if anyone is familiar with that show, it's just interesting to see the parallels because it's set up in a very similar way. And I don't remember quite the outcome of that. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but it was, I kind of like that they kind of mirrored each other in that respect. That's really interesting. I watched that show, like the syndicated reruns or whatever, when I was little, I remember that, but I don't remember very many specifics at all. So I don't remember that. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is not a bit of an homage to that. It might be. Because, I mean, by this time, this is, you know, probably, oh, gosh, almost, what, 20 years later, maybe? Or, I mean, it had been on Probably been 10 or so. Yeah, that's what ago. I would think. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But in this, like, we'll just go through it. Frazier takes his seat for takeoff. We have, you know, we'll go back to the next bit in the bar. But basically, they pick it up on the plane. Frazier's kind of continuing to counsel them and has them meow like cats. Like little kitty cats standing for clear air turbulence. Yes. Everyone is discussing their fears. And then they're bringing up potential disasters. Like one of the men, I think, would have been a, a pilot on an airline and then realized all these people had put their control of their lives in his hands and what a mistake mm-hmm. that was. And all of this, you know, they're just discussing all of this. And Carla is worried as well. And now Fraser's starting to get spooked. And he wants a drink. <laughs> It's like, where is that damn drink cart? You know? I did like that, too. He kind of like whips his head around. Yeah, and that. yeah that I, liked, I liked his acting here. So he starts to hear things and he feels like cold air rushing in. And he sees like the what is it? Like, I don't know if maybe it was Carla that saw ice on the wing. But he's like something about the wing was like folding up or something was happening, mm-hmm. you know, outside that wasn't really happening. <laughs> and he's just seeing these things that aren't there. And then he gets up, he runs to the back of the plane crying, mommy, you know, thinking that they're going down for a crash. 
it seems to me like they got themselves to a place in the episode with the plot. I don't know if that was supposed to be the main point of it and they had to like take the story there or if that was just what they wrote at the end. It just did not seem to fit somehow. Does it not fit with who you know of Frasier as a character? I mean, do you see that, oh, this could actually happen or do you just think it's completely shoehorned in? I, I could see it happening, but I don't think his hysteria fit that scene necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, all these characters talking about their happy play. Like, it was just a lot of that that seemed, yes, like, almost yeah. like filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It's almost like it wasn't really going anywhere. Like like right. you said, where where is this going to go? And, you know, it kind of happens so late in the episode, too. Right. It's like there's all this buildup to finding out, oh, she's and then a that fly. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, then here's what we're going to do to that. It just didn't, I That's don't know. Like a, right. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean. It's like the whole thing started out with the Carla storyline. Eddie's gotten this job with the penguins or as a penguin. And so she thinks that it's the team, the penguins. And it turns out he's dressed up like a penguin. So then that tension is that he's with the ice show, which is not really a promotion for a hockey player to then have to skate with an ice show. So that's that's the whole thing. It's like, is she ashamed of him as being a penguin? Is she happy as a job? What, whatever it is. And so then it takes this turn. It was like, oh, it's not that. It's that she's afraid to fly. I didn't feel like that was a natural. It's almost like it just moved to another motivation. You're it could right. be this, but instead it's that, you know. Yeah. And then you have like, okay, well, then how do we fill out the episode with what we've now decided is going to be the storyline? Her conflicted feelings about his job in and of itself is a storyline. Correct. You know? and, and that's and so where it looked like it was just going. just tack on this, exactly, and then you just do a hard left this way. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like why at that point. Right. I felt that way too because I, I, these scenes, well, I mean, we'll talk about this when we sum it all up or whatever, but yeah, I mean, there were some okay lines and parts, but overall it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't seem to fit any of it. Right. You know, it just seems so thrown together. You know, Frazier will literally throw together a workshop and try to convince her. It, it's like they just mesh these two things that almost could mm-hmm. be two separate episodes if you really wanted to make them two right. separate episodes. And then they, I don't think it fits together that well. Right. Because the other episode could have been, Carl, like again, like this workshop that took place over time. But then we're just seeing the flight at the end of it. And it right. seems very tacked on. And it's not something that I find particularly interesting. Because it's like Frasier and Carl. Unlike the last episode, Let Sleeping Drakes Lie, where you have... Two regular characters, one occasional guest star, and then somebody that we don't know. And it worked supremely well, and it was outside of the bar, and all of their interactions were perfect. Right. In this one, it's like you've just dumped this cast of extras onto this plane and put two of your regulars on there to finish off the story that you've decided halfway through the episode that you're going to have, is what right. it seemed like to me. Right. I agree. You asked about Frasier and would that happen? And like I said, I could see him becoming hysterical. Frasier is not necessarily someone that's stable in his reactions. I could <laughs> see that happening. And I think right. that... The, the idea of the twist is, I like it, like the idea, but I just don't know that it was done the best way. I don't know how I would have done it better at all. But the fact that Frazier is the one that gets hysterical on this flight, it's like, I can see how the idea of that is funny, but it's just, it, I, again, like it just didn't go anywhere or do anything or seem believable in the way that it was done. Yeah. And it didn't seem like it was Frasier of Cheers. Like, it didn't seem like they were on Cheers anymore. I don't know how to explain that, but it just did seem like it was very no. much taken out of the the context of, you know, not just the bar, but of, like, the entire Cheers story, sort of. I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you on that, largely, okay. really. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem to fit well. Yeah. So, back in the bar, though, 
Norm comes in. He sees the Cheers review. That there is a review out already. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca says, she may say, like, you'll be happy to know. I don't remember if she tells them that. But she basically says she didn't compromise herself. And that when they get a terrible review, she can still look herself in the mirror and say, would it have killed you? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> so Norm reads the review calling Cheers the best bar in Boston. And Sam immediately says, like, oh, you slept with them. And she continues to protest that she did not. And, she, you know, he keeps saying it. And she says, Sam, like, no one else thinks that. You just have a dirty mind. And then who comes out of the back holding a copy oh, of the review? Oh, man, it's Al. Was he good? Is that what yeah, he says? Was he, was he good? Yeah. <laughs> and Rebecca yells over at him. She's like, I yeah. did not sleep with him. And Al just kind of grumbles. He's like, he grumbles just, and like, like shakes throws his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah throws his hand. Exactly. I love it. Oh, yeah. Al. That was a good inclusion. Mm-hmm. So two seconds later, Sam answers the phone. It's Mr. Drake. He's calling for Rebecca. And... He's, you know, complimenting her on the review. And I noticed that Sam picks up the review and, like, folds it for her and puts it there so she can reference it, you know. But then she is flattered. And then she's like, no, I did not sleep with him. <laughs> I just thought that was all well-timed. Mm-hmm. All of that discussion. Definitely. Then Carla, basically, after her flying adventure, is on the phone. She's telling Eddie that this, you know, workshop with Frazier did wonders for her. And she's going to be visiting him in about a week. And, you know, talking about how the class helped and so forth. Then we cut back to Woody asking Sam if he really thinks Rebecca did something she shouldn't have to get a good review. Sam says, of course not. And then Woody asks why he keeps teasing her. Sam tells him, like, something about how her chest heaves when she's angry. <laughs> Woody said he averts his eyes because he's a leg man. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because he says, like, I, I avert my eyes. And you're like, well, that, you know, he's, he's a gentleman. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah, a modest exactly. kind of guy. And then, yeah. he, and, you know, which is is him that's in keeping with the character and then he's like i'm a leg man you know it's, it's like oh man sam's really having an impression on him you know uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so then a customer asked carla about the class he's overheard the phone call he asked carla about the class it helped her overcome her fear of flying and she says like oh here's the guy right here you can talk to him you know so she points out fraser um, who replies like, somewhat psychotically? Turns yeah. out, like, I'm in my happy place. <laughs> somewhat psychotically, I love that. <laughs> no, it's true though. He it's, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Carl's like, sign up early. Sign up early. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. This episode's a bit uneven for me. I, mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell you. I really the whole Carla Eddie storyline to me is kind of meh. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not that invested in it from the beginning, to be honest with you. And so when you have the whole flight thing come up kind of out of left field toward the last third of the episode, it, it's just, as I said, as you said, it kind of feels shoehorned in. Like, right. did they write themselves into a corner? It doesn't feel like natural or organic, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. here's the idea. She's afraid to fly. It's like they just, they kind of had to figure out where they were going and they did eventually, but you know. Yeah. It is. It's like they stuck people in somebody else's show, kind of. Mm-hmm. Their characters. Yeah. 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 Um, so that whole storyline obviously kind of dominates the episode. So I was kind of not invested from the get-go on that. Right. Um, I liked Rebecca's kind of B-plot with the critic and everything. And her mm-hmm. her reactions and acting, I thought, was... And, of course, the, the, the catapult over the bar was... <laughs> 
right. was bar none. But um, yeah, there were some good parts, some good lines. I don't know. I, I'm thinking about my rating for this. It was meh. That was that's meh. what I that's think. That's my too. rating. Yeah. So I I'm kind of I'm kind of wavering between a two and a three because mm-hmm. I mean it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Right. But again, it also wasn't to me all that interesting. Right. Like I, I, the first time I viewed it, I was kind of bored to be honest, and I, I, you know, gained a little bit more appreciation on the second viewing, but it still wasn't one that I thought. But again, it follows in the heels of Let Sleeping Drake's Lie, right? It's just a case where it's, it it's does recency bias. It's like, oh, you had such a great episode there. It's like it can't help but feel a little bit of a step down, I guess. But and you see how well something can be done outside of the bar that is more on like the farcical side and i wouldn't call the airport the airplane part farce by any stretch of the imagination but right. you see how like, a zany comedy can be really well done and still in character and be partially outside of the bar and so then yeah. you're coming to this that is not you know and does not flow and i'll tell you when i saw the episode title i didn't know i didn't read the plot at all but when i just saw the episode title mm-hmm. part of me and i thought airport five i kind of thought oh what would happen if we had a lot of the gang mm-hmm like the episode took place largely around the idea of an airport okay. somehow. I don't yeah. know how, but yeah. then that didn't happen at all until the last third of the episode. So it right. feels almost like kind of a wasted opportunity. And I, I don't know, like I just yeah, think, no, you know, it's... when you stick that title with it, I'm like, we could have done something a little more comedic. Maybe I don't know right. for what that's worth, but I'm going to give it a three because again, it wasn't bad. It right. wasn't, it wasn't aggressively, you know, anything, you know, it worked. It had parts overall, but I just think it was pretty uneven. Yeah, I do too. And I think the fact that so much of it, or maybe it just seems like so much of it took place on that plane. It probably wasn't as much time as we're allotting it. It seemed to go on for too long. And like you said, I think the title sets the expectation that a lot of it is going to be that storyline. And so then when you figure out, okay, it's the Carla and Eddie storyline that's the primary storyline. And then it just goes like, like just into nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> basically yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. or it shifts from one thing that you think it's going to be to another and it's not right. a twist that's interesting it's just like oh no it's not this it's that and then the plain part and I, but i think too because of the title and so forth like you're set up from the beginning when rebecca's talking about the restaurant reviewer and all of that i think is a lot of fun and goes well but you know it's not the main plot there's not enough story to make it the main plot so right. it's fine as a side plot, but I think that like knowing that that's not going to be it, and then when you get into the main plot, it's like, oh, that's kind of it. I think this, I do think it's a strong secondary plot because it's fun and you have the good rapport among really all of the other characters. Mm-hmm. On that, I would give it a three, but I would say a low three overall because we've had some quite good three episodes this season. Right. That it's like you know you can't quite put them in that four category. But they're still really, really well done. They're enjoyable. They're just, there's not necessarily a huge standout factor to it. Mm -hmm. And so I would put this a good bit lower than a lot of those that we've given a three in the past. But I I think I still would just because of the fun of the bar review story. And then a few of the other lines that are funny. Yeah. If it weren't for that, if we had some sort of other toss off B plot this would have definitely been a two mm-hmm. again but that story does give it a little more a little higher rating yeah low three low three is what I would say too yeah me too that will do it for us today you can find us on Facebook Norm a Cheers podcast and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm you can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Overcast and Spotify leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there thanks so much for listening <laughs>